Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and I am excited about our conversation today. I, uh, I think you're going to learn, hopefully, as much as I'm going to learn on this one. I'm going to be taking notes as we're talking to, we have Nate Whisk, the general manager of Point Central, joining us. And we're going to talk all about smart rental automation with our short-term rentals and the good and all the things that we can, you know, the things that we might not think about when we think about um, automation. And then also kind of, I'd love Nate to talk a little bit more about some of the things going on in the industry, but uh, I appreciate you joining us on the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Happy to be here, Sean. Thanks for having me, and looking forward to all the things that we can uh, we can share together here. Heck yeah, this is this is gonna be fun. You, those of you that are longtime listeners, you know we just like to have good conversations with good people and uh, share a lot of those different things that are going on um, as this as our vacation rental game and short term rentals continue to evolve and mature. And automation is one of those things that is uh, is always evolving and maturing. And so this, this is going to be a fun one. But Nate, on what I always like to do at the very beginning as we start off these conversations is kind of rewind the clock a little bit back about with Point Central with you and how you guys really got into this short term rental game and uh, what that really looked like and when that happened. Yeah, absolutely. So a quick backstory on myself, I've actually been in the smart home technology business for about 14 years now. Uh, started with a parent, our parent company. So Point Central is a wholly owned subsidiary of Alarm.com uh, and worked in a variety of roles, doing some international expansion there. But about five and a half years ago, I uh, decided to get off the road and to take on a new challenge and, and help grow the, the Point Central business. So I've been in the uh, Point Central role here for five years and in the GM for about two and a half um, Point Central, though, is a, is a really interesting story, actually. It got started, it got purchased by Alarm.com uh, around the time I started with Alarm.com as an idea. And the it was all predicated on locks and secure entry, auditable, trackable entry to properties. Um, ironically, it started in, in trying to go to small businesses who had a lot of people who needed keys. Think uh, uh, delivery drivers going to bring uh, uh, food products to fast food restaurants in the middle of the night, things like that. Um, there's a market for it, but there was this also strange phenomenon that happened where people were putting these commercial grade locks on the side of vacation rentals on coastal communities. And we had an aha moment. I was like, wait a sec, I think this is a bigger market. And that was kind of that, that classic entrepreneurial startup pivot that made the hockey stick happen. Um, yeah. that was about 12 years ago. And I kind of think back to them, like how many people, how ubiquitous were smartphones in our pockets, things like that. Um, it, it maybe wasn't as obvious then as it is today. And now it's just become, I'd say, pun intended, the foot in the door is the lock yeah. to a lot of professional um, enterprise vacation rental management communities and properties. Um, but it's turned into a heck of a lot more. I'll, I'll save that for, for later in the show. Well, yeah, absolutely. It. And it's it's interesting because we think about the lock stuff and even today, right? We're we're I I I kind of say it in, you know, a little bit as like a, a jab at some people that like there's still operators that still use, you know, they're trading keys in and out. And it's crazy to me that we even today, because that's that technology's been around for a while. And we think about automation, which is way beyond locks anymore. Right. And it's, I mean, it just is, it's in, and so, I mean, we can go there right now. Let's talk about what really, I mean, smart automation, smart home automation is, you know, maybe we think of thermostats, maybe we think of locks, it's way beyond that. Right. Maybe we think of some sort of security, but it's everything together. 
Yeah, it, it is. We actually have started to kind of use this phrase of smart property technology. Um, you know, it is a home, absolutely, but there's yep. other properties that we're in. Um, and it's smart property technology for professional property managers and owners. Um, and, and I'll kind of come back to that one. But ultimately, what we're trying to do is, is build this platform that unifies and simplifies the management of smart home devices or IoT devices, for those familiar with kind of Internet of Things terminology, um, bringing all those devices together across your portfolio into a single management platform that helps you create remote control and efficient automations um, coupled with some expert service that you can provide to that property, whether it's a short-term rental, we also do long-term and multifamily apartment buildings, things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, we're all trying to, to we're kind of striving to create a safe, efficient, sustainable, um, desirable, thriving communities wherever we operate yeah. through the use of technology. So some of the devices you mentioned, I think that are most common are it all starts with locks. Like that's just, that's the in the door. That's, and there's a whole lot of reasons why that's like pretty ubiquitous at this point. Um, smart thermostats, leak detection devices, water, automated water shutoff valves for catastrophic uh, uh, flood prevention. Um, we've got, we have a smart noise monitoring device. So the list goes on, um, doorbell cameras, things like that. Yeah. Uh, we bring all that together. We make some of it. We, we, bring in third-party hardware for some of it, uh, but ultimately with that goal of just making the lives easier for the, the owners and operators in these rental communities. Yeah, and, and like you and I were talking about before we hit record, you know, it, at the end of the day, one, as an owner, it saves us, it, it, it can help us save costs, right? We're, we're going to be a lot more efficient with where we're spending our money, how we're monitoring things. At the for our managers, it makes things easier for them. You know, more efficient uh, when when you start to do check ins and checkouts and communication to you know set everything back up for somebody when they're done. But it trickles all the way down to that guest experience, which is so important in our game, right? And so, like you were talking about the major pillars that you guys really focus on, and it's and it's across the board from the owner to the manager and operator to the, all the way to the guest, and it, and that's where it all and it all helps everything tie together for all three of those groups. Absolutely. The the three pillars that we most commonly focus on, and I will say actually in order of, of, of uh, priority uh, are operational efficiencies, asset protections. I think the, the, the home, the unit, the, the it's, it's an expensive asset that you own. Yes. Uh, let's protect it and the things inside of it, the people inside of it too. And then there's, there's guest satisfaction. Now, I don't want to sort of diminish the impact of guest satisfaction, but the reason is, you know, we know that top line is important, but what I don't want, anytime I talk to an operator or an owner, I, I very explicitly discourage them from building a business that is predicated on putting technology in that generates fees and increasing yeah. the top line. Maybe it does, but think of that as icing on the cake. If you can't rationalize the ROI of investing in technology, and this doesn't have to be point central, it's really technology in general, as a business owner or an asset owner here in this real estate game, that you probably should based on bottom line and, and operating efficiency, you probably shouldn't invest in it yeah. because you're too dependent on sort of economic uh, changes that can sometimes be macro and sometimes be micro. Um, so again, asset protection and operational efficiencies are, are the starting point here. And we absolutely know that we can help. Technology helps people build a strong bottom line, a strong business through those value uh, pillars. 
Yeah, and I can I can tell you just asset protection, just starting with with that one, just a personal experience. Like I have a property, and anybody that's ever had a property that had a water leak or a pipe burst or something like that happen, I had one in a in a mountain area by Yellowstone National Park. It freezes in the winter time, and we had a freeze, and nobody was up there for a while. Pipe broke, and we have water going everywhere, and it was a mess. And then it freezes, right? And so some of those things, like when my eyes just kind of popped open because I didn't even know there was something, a such thing as automation that would be have an automatic water shutoff. And so um, I'd heard of some of the water detection stuff, but I'd never even know knew that you could shut on uh, water off automatically. So, but since that happened, it's like I have P- PTSD from that happening. And like all, like I've I've had times where I've driven. I'm like, I don't know if that water got shut off in the wintertime. And so I'll drive four or five hours up to just make sure that we actually shut the water off to the cabin in case something happens. We don't have water everywhere. Yeah. Uh, there, there are dozens and dozens of stories just like yeah. yours. Um, I had one where actually I couldn't because I was in a, an apartment. Um, I couldn't put the valve in myself because it wasn't my unit. I was actually doing a long-term rental. Um, I was driving out to Steamboat uh, for a for a snowboarding trip and got the notification on my watch. I put the leak detectors in there. I got a notification on my watch that said there's water under your uh, washing machine. It was like, I'm clearly not home. And I know I didn't like the washing machine's not like I left the sink running. Running, Yeah. It was the first person in the entire apartment building to know and called our our manager because I couldn't shut it off because we didn't have the valve. Yeah. Um, But she had to cross country. It was a snowstorm in Portland that it was rare. Something froze on this on the, in the roof and started coming down, but she cross country skied five miles across Portland to come to the building and, wow. and do the maintenance to make sure it was off. You know? Yeah, uh, imagine the value there of not having to do that and just turning it off because that was several hours before she could get there. But every minute counts in that, and she still helped prevent even more damage that might have happened. For sure, absolutely, and and so yeah, just asset protection when it comes to this stuff is is huge. And it's so it's one of the worries that a lot of owners worry about, right? When we're like, hey, I've, I bought this property, it's across the country. And even though I've got a management company in there, or I've got somebody that might be, you know, checking in, even if you're managing yourself and in between guests, uh, being able to monitor some of those main systems while you're there, or, you know, even the thermostats, the thermostats can tell you a lot. What if the what if the heat just skyrockets or the heat drops completely in the wintertime somewhere that maybe somebody left a door open or a window broke or something like that? You really can get ahead of any really major damage by being able to have those monitoring devices in place. Yeah, Sean, that's right. But, you know, we've even, you've, you talked about some of the catastrophic stuff. We talked about that risk, I mean, that risk management and asset protection, but I, I always also make sure I, I don't fear monger here. It's not everybody sure. has that. Sure. When you yeah. have one, a leak, leaks turn into like $9,000 problems, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then yep. insurance premium increases. But uh, it doesn't have to be. It could be as simple as the lock and and thinking of you got risk management is good management. Another phrase I, I like to say, um, awareness equals peace of mind too, though. And then the ability to control from afar, but think about the risk you buy, you invest in a property. It's a huge investment. It, it, the, maybe the biggest that you've made or one of the biggest investments you've made. You got a little bit of a fear of like what's happening, who's coming and going. Even if you're hiring a, a third-party property manager, a trusted property manager, they want to know who's coming and going. Physical keys. Let's get back to the door. Yeah. Who do, how do you know? You can't. There's no audit trail. How many keys are duplicated? It might say do not duplicate, but doesn't stop somebody from going to Home yeah. Depot and duplicating the key. Um, not not fear there, but you just don't know who's coming and going. Why don't you, when you can, it's pretty straightforward these days, remotely provision access. I can actually give you a 
perpetual key as a maintenance person that's authorized, but it only works during times I say that you can come in because yeah. this is a scheduled time or I know that the property isn't occupied by a guest because you probably shouldn't go in during that yeah. time. Right? So there's all this type of stuff with like remote control and automation that you do that also adds to that sort of awareness, peace of mind, confidence building, in addition to the time and money saving that that knocks on from there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and one of the things that, um, that, that I love about what you guys are doing at Point Central, one of the reasons I wanted you guys and was excited about this conversation is there's a lot of, there's a lot of smart tools out there, noise, noise monitors, locks, you know, um, thermostats, all these different things, water, you know, the, the, uh, the water monitors, not all of them connect together. And that can be kind of hard sometimes, right? They're all, you know, Wi-Fi enabled and different things like that. And I'd love you to talk about your guys' how you how you use the cellular network versus Wi-Fi. But one of the things that is important when you start to put all this together is it's got to be simplified. It's got to work together too, because there can be, you know, a lot, you could buy a lot of really great products. And if none of them connect and work together, it doesn't, it, it kind of doesn't matter, right? Yeah. And our job as the smart technology provider and maker uh, is to make it so that you don't have to be a technology expert. It right. just needs to work, right? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny that oftentimes when our stuff is working the most is is when you don't even realize or you kind of forget that it's working. Now, like we we like to remind and we have customer success teams that reach out and be like, hey, just checking in, making sure like all this value, the value comes from you not having to think about the door lock, right? right. It, it, just, yeah. it just works as a black box. But but while I say that, that, that's what we pride ourselves on, right? The reliability, the robustness of this. Not all technology, not all devices are created equal. That's just the fact of the matter. Um, I could go on and on about all the different protocols, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, Bluetooth, low energy, Z-Wave, Zigbee, blah, blah, blah. Again, the audience here, I don't think needs to know. That's that's what our job is, to turn yeah. that into something that just works for you. But what we do from our side is take a curated approach to the hardware ecosystem. <clears throat> so we don't work with every device. We make a hub so that we can securely and in an encrypted manner connect to our cloud. We actually run our own cloud. The data that we have is sensitive, John. Like yeah. We know when a door is locked or unlocked in a home. Um, our parent company does life safety monitoring for 9 million plus properties around the world. Um, yeah. It has to work. Uh, and, yeah. and, and that data can't get out to other people. So we run our own cloud and we connect through this secure dedicated tunnel um, on AT&T or, or T-Mobile, depending on the area. So or sorry, AT&T, T-Mobile or Verizon. Um, but it's a, it's a cellular connection. We do run a, uh, a dual path via fixed line ethernet that you can, you can have as an option. Uh, we just don't think that right now Wi-Fi and, and certainly in our, uh, rural environments and things like that is stable enough to provide that consistency. We have a lot yeah. better management of the, the external communication through our hub. So that's kind of part one. When it comes to the devices, um, we choose a curated ecosystem. Some we make, we make our own smart thermostat because it gives us better control, more sophisticated automation. Um, but we also do support some third-party thermostats that connect to our, our hub. Uh, we don't make locks. There are plenty of people who make really good locks out there. So we work with the, the, the best in breed uh, manufacturers, as long as it has the right protocol and will speak to our, our box in a secure manner. Uh, and then there's various other devices. We make our own smart noise monitor again gives us better control when we do that, but it also allows us to design for specifications. So I wouldn't call our ecosystem proprietary. There are some proprietary devices, uh, but I'd call it curated in the sense that yeah. it's going to be a support nightmare if you just go buy a bunch of devices off the shelf at Lowe's or Home Depot. I'm not saying all the ones are bad, but when you don't know how they work together, 
and you're just trying to buy the cheapest thing out there, there's yeah. a chance you're going to deal with you're just going to deal with that headache later supporting it. <laughs> and if you're not and if you're not an IT expert, just trying to just trying to connect it all can be really really overwhelming really quickly. And I say that speaking from experience. And so <laughs> it's uh, I, that's that's some of my biggest um, things that I've done and and kind of steered clear of some of the home automation is. I've went and bought the off the shelf stuff before. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be really great to have. We go buy it and we put it together. And then all of a sudden one thing's working, another thing's not, our internet goes down and everything needs to be reset and nobody's there. And so there's all these little things that we didn't think about before we put it together like that, that end up being a real headache down the line. And then we have all these fancy devices that we're just, we don't hook up. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we're just like, okay, we're not going to use them because we, they, they go down and we don't, you know, maybe, maybe they're down for six months until we're out there again. Yeah. And there's a lot of good product marketing out there. There's some good products as individual point devices too, that may work, but when you start to connect it, this manufacturer, that one, yeah. they've all got their own little quirks or, you know, maybe they actually sort of don't want you playing that nicely with other manufacturers devices. So uh, is it a little bit of design friction, maybe yeah. um, accidentally design friction? Yeah, pro probably. Um, probably. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, but yeah. That, that shouldn't be what you as either an owner of a rental property or, and or an operator of a rental property should be spending your time thinking about, right? Yeah. Like, look, that's where you bring in technology partners. Uh, so as a technology partner, like Point Central, is that is that like if we said, hey, people want to know more about how to how to set this up? Is it like, okay, I, I got, I'm going to call you guys. Are you, you're, it sounds like you've got some hardware. There's obviously some software. There's a hub that everything goes. And then you're, you're really, we're really paying for you guys to monitor and be that partner that makes sure everything works together. Is that correct? Yeah, I wouldn't say monitor is a one because I want to make sure that I don't say like we're sitting there watching if something we're watching okay. if it goes down, we tell you. But we will automate notifications to you that something's a battery is low. Go replace the battery. Right. Communications down. We just may not know what's happening on property. So we're not going to roll the truck out there to go see why it's there. But we know that you're in, the, especially in short term, you're going to be there a couple times a week or the, yeah. so, so let us help you. We provide the escalated phone support for that. But yes, so the contract would happen with us um, to be able to buy the hardware from us, third-party stuff. If it's the same SKU and model and you want to buy it elsewhere, you can. Um, but our hub, you'd have you'd buy through us. We offer two things, a self-install. Whenever you want to put it in, we'll talk you through the install. We'll give you all the training videos if you want to do it yourself. Uh, I like to kind of encourage some of the folks on my team to make it. I know been in the industry for like 14 years, but it still is a very much a make it so easy that I can do it kind of yeah. <laughs> kind of mentality. Um, and, and so it's, it's pretty straightforward. We probably have about 75 plus percent of our vacation rental operators who do self-installs these days. Pre-pandemic, by the way, it was completely flipped. It was 75%. We offered a uh, do it for you professional install service. We still offer that pandemic. Just people realized I can do this myself kind of because yeah. I have to, I, I, I can't have people coming in, you know, these third parties walking in when I have guests, we all need to stay apart. Yeah. Um, and so it shifted it. And I think people had a little bit of an aha moment of, wait, the technology is easy enough to do it myself. Yeah. But when you're busy or if you just don't feel comfortable, we offer a turnkey service that will go out and do the install, the configuration for you. And then we have the support. We have customer success teams that provide this ongoing service. And that's why we don't like to look at it as a, a vendor client relationship. We talk about it as, as partnership, like, we're, we're in this to make sure it's working for you. We trust that it, you don't need us that often, but especially at the beginning, training, things like that, that, we're here to make sure that you feel comfortable deploying this technology. 
So the technology is in place for us to monitor our own properties then. So we're the we're really monitoring anything going on. Yeah, because again, that you, yeah. the owner, may have the the your your whether it's you operating it yourself or your third party property manager, that's who probably should get the notification that there's a leak, right? Like yeah. We're going to serve that and make sure you make sure you get that notification in a variety yeah. of different ways. Um, but that property manager is the one that's still going to go to the site or press the button to say, turn off that valve until I get to the site and can survey it myself. Yeah. And there's there's also savings when you have these types of systems in place. I know with a number of insurance agencies, right, that they're saying, hey, listen, if you have if you have some of these devices in place monitoring some of these things, then we're going to give you a cut on your insurance because they know that they're going to mitigate the damage when they can get ahead of it on the front end. Yeah. And I would encourage just on that insurance is a complicated beast. Uh, uh, it's, and it's also very particular to your area, that home, yeah. oh, that for sure. company, but as an owner, ask your insurance company. Absolutely. Yes. We'll yeah. do it proactively and give no. you a discount, but tell them what you've no. got <laughs> and you've yeah. got a trusted brand um, that that's enterprise grade and, and push them on it. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. You're, they're not gonna they're not gonna call you up and say, "Hey, congratulations, Sean! You just <laughs> saved twenty percent because you did this." You're gonna have to ask for it, but and 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 not everybody's gonna do it. But you'll be surprised at some of the you know some of the discounts you can get by having some of these monitors. I mean, noise monitors are a big one. I know a lot of insurance companies are will will make sure that they give you a discount on. You've got I would assume that that I, I'm gonna for sure if we're in fact I'm gonna for sure be talking to you guys about the uh, the automatic water shutoffs and the the water monitors. Those are big ones. And when you've had water damage, which I've had water damage multiple times. It's a it's a really frustrating thing to happen in a property when something breaks, uh, a pipe burst, or just something starts leaking, and it's not shut off for a couple of days because water can do a lot of damage really quickly. And I'm I'm assuming that insurance companies would love to see those types of devices as well. Water is one of the is one of the top three areas of cost for insurance companies. Yeah, and they're big costs. They're not. It's usually not like a small chip away one that that they can kind of hide. Like that's something they optimize for. And if you get an actuary on the phone or you have a buddy that's an actuary and can run through it with you at all, they'll they'll kind of break it down. And be like, yeah, this is <laughs> this is where the bulk of you know the constituent parts of your insurance policy come from. Water is yeah. one of the biggest ones. Yeah. And and we talked a little bit about that the cellular versus the Wi-Fi, but I, I I think that's a bigger deal than a lot of people might think. Even though you have, you might be in an area with really good Wi-Fi service, but Wi-Fi you know routers get disconnected and unplugged, and a lot of things are plugged into them and they don't get reconnected. And so I, I do think that when you're talking about monitoring devices and smart home automation and locks and everything else. That's just having having that on that cellular network versus the Wi-Fi network that can go in and out or get unplugged even if you have great Wi-Fi. That I feel like that's a big deal. I I have a property that's in a in a rural area and the internet and the Wi-Fi is very spotty. The internet spotty period, which means our Wi-Fi spotty, right? And so and it's it goes in and out all the time. In fact, we have some smart locks that are connected to the Wi-Fi, not cellular. And we have to, we actually ended up having to put one of those, like a master lock with just the spinning, you spin the, the code on the numbers, just in case we can, a guest calls and they can't use the, the smart lock, right? And so that's, when you're, when you're talking about that, I'm thinking, man, that would solve that problem. And I don't have to give this code out where everybody has my key now to the cabin. 
Yeah, I was gonna say this is not the time uh, on the podcast here, but but Sean, you got to call me after this. We right. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm bringing this up because I'm like, okay, this is you and I are going to be having a conversation about getting these things set up, and so um, and I never, you know, we don't think of it as a problem as much on the the properties that have really strong Wi-Fi, but the the fact of the matter is those things do get disconnected and they have to be rebooted on a regular basis. Yeah, or think about it, even it doesn't have to be a got disconnected, the Wi-Fi is down. Like a lot of people have good Wi-Fi, a good, right. good router. But what happens when you six, 12 months later, you're like for, for security perspective or reasons that you know what actually just want to refresh my SSID or change the password. Yeah. Or my kid is smart enough to change the password and they're like, yeah. I want to do a funny one. Well, nobody thinks about 12 months, six months, whatever down the road that all the devices that are connected to it, except the ones that are the TV and your computer and your phone. Yes. Now your lock's not connected anymore. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, I forgot until you get a phone call. Somebody trying to check in like, oh, why, why didn't the code go to it? Oh, because it's not connected to the network anymore. The, yeah. The Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi password changed, right? So you look to us and we use the phrase dedicated, right? So we have secure. That's the encryption part, but it's a dedicated path for your smart property technology ecosystem. We manage yeah. that. It's not dependent on your Wi-Fi, things like that. Yeah. Well, they, I, I, I totally agree. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm like wanting to like you and I were gonna, are going to have a conversation here shortly on, on my whole portfolio. Right. It's like, okay. I like, <laughs> I love the smart technology that, you know, all the, you know, like you say, the smart property automation, right. I love how that has evolved. I mean, I, I started doing vacation rentals and buying my first vacation rentals back in 2006 and we were putting them on Craigslist and we were, we were exchanging keys or hiding a key somewhere, right? It, the, the, it's come a long way since then. Mm-hmm. And this, the automation is awesome. And we feel like we still incorporate a, a little bit of it, but even after this conversation, I'm like, man, we're leaving so much out there and so much exposure. And, you know, on some of those other things we've talked about, you know, we talked a little bit about HVAC, you know, thermostats, locks. We talked about the water stuff. Is there any, you know, are there other things that were that we haven't touched on that uh, that could open some eyes to? Hey, man, that's a that's another piece of automation that would be really great for cost savings, operational efficiencies, yeah. or you know, even the guest experience. Those are the those are certainly the the big ones. Um, there is we did sort of touch on like the noise monitoring. We call it our smart noise monitor. That gets into a little bit more of. I mean. It's automation because it ties to it and get notifications, but that's probably more on like the regulatory side of things. Yeah. Are we addressing um, the, the this this kind of you know the boogeyman in in the industry right now, which is you know you got hospitality and hotels pitted against vacation rentals or short term rentals or what about the professional operators versus the Airbnb hosts? And at the end of the day, like we look at it as like it shouldn't be a us against them. Like how do we? We're all collectively in this business of hospitality. Yeah. Are there bad actors or people? Uh, like, you know, bad apple spoiling the bunch, probably, but that is, that it's a small percentage, but that's where the press comes from. Yes. The party. Yeah. Parties happen. Do they happen at all close to a majority of the time? No, but when they do, that's when neighbors get concerned or communities get concerned about the prevalence. There's other stuff about, you know, economic impacts and housing costs are not the place to go into that. But on this noise part, it's like the little thing that we can do to help you be a good member of the community. Um, and and so when you can have a device and when we can use technology or build technology that, that helps you say, I'm doing all the things right. Like we're doing this. We're trying to be good stewards uh, of, of the local economy. Um, it, it helps a lot when it comes to being able to keep that business, right? right. Keep this, this asset that you've invested in able to generate rental income. Um, yep. 
And that's actually one of the risks we're seeing. I'm sure you've seen this, and I don't know exactly how spread out your, your individual properties are, but some municipalities, it's thousand bucks right now for your first noise violation. What yeah. do you gonna, you're gonna either eat that as the owner and or operator, or you're gonna pass that on to the guest. And sometimes you can, but nobody, that's not good for anybody. And then you get 3000 on your next one and third strike, you've lost the, the permit. Yeah. And in many of these places, they've now put barriers around how many permits there are. So you're out, somebody else is in and you can't get the next one. Yeah, you're now not getting you're, in. Now you're sitting on a second property, third property, that's not generating income. What do you, what do you got to do? You got, you got to sell it. Yeah. Um, that's the stuff that you just want to, you want to prevent from happening. That's another kind of like side door catastrophic event that can happen. But when you can use technology, you can think about providing that experience and just being a, you know, a good professional owner and manager. Um, I think everybody wins. Yeah, for sure. Everybody wins when you, you when you raise the bar. You act like a professional host, right? We're good neighbors. We're good stewards of the community. We're good neighbors to the local, the the local, you know, the long term residents in those communities, and everybody will win, right? And we can do those things. These are very preventative things that we can do. And and when we when we have these things in place, we can also shut down some of those minority problems that happen, you know, and because they are a minority, but it's what we hear about and it's what they focus on when they happen. But it, it and so we want to get ahead of it. And at the end of the day, like, it's probably good that those, there is press around that, right? We should be aware. We shouldn't turn a blind sure. eye to it. Absolutely. We can, we can help make, from our perspective specifically, make technology that helps solve those problems. Yeah. And, um, you know, from from your side on the ownership group, we can talk about sort of operations and you're, you're, we're all modernizing, right, with technology, with this ultimate goal that we're helping professionalize, we're helping turn this into a, a good business and something, you know, we say standardization, I'm not saying it's like every unit looks the same, actually, that's part of the beauty of the, the yes. rental, yeah. vacation rental is there's, there's, there's each unit and, and property is unique and has that, but that consistency of experience or standardization of experience experience and level of expectation is so important. It's also important for just repeat guests, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and let's be honest, the guest, the level, the the guest expectations over the last few years has just skyrocketed. And they should really as, as it's become a very mainstream uh, you know accommodation preference for a lot of people that are traveling. We should be raising the bar as host. And we should there should be like you said a standardization of you know, certain level of expectations that should be raised to a certain point of, you know, which is like, you know, and, and we, the, the barometer is, okay, we need to act like uh, with cleanliness and safety and everything else as hotels, right? We need to have that, we need to have that level of, you know, we're of expectation that the guests can come in and say, okay, here's where it is. And so what, when you look at it and, you know, you've been in the business and in the industry for a little while, just as we kind of wrap things up, where do you see, like, you know, th this is a rapidly accelerating asset class. It's rapidly accelerating, always has been on the technology side. Your guys is, you know, when you're in the technology world, you want to talk about running fast, right? You guys, <laughs> you guys have to run fast. And so where do you see things going? What do you, what do you, what changes do you see on the horizon? Do you think it's just going to kind of become a lot more streamlined for everybody? Do you think it's going to become, you know, hey, this is, if you're not doing this, you're going to be left behind. Uh, that's kind of what I think a little bit is in uh, that comes down to those expectations of the guest. Yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll start with that. It's that trains leaving the station, like, we're, but it's already in motion. I'll tell you that yeah. like, you know, a couple of years back, maybe pre-pandemic, it was, um, 
you know, okay, we're, we're getting close to departure time, get aboard. Uh, yeah. There's lots of people doing it now that now, now we're, we're moving, but you can still hop on on this moving train. But it was mind boggling. I'll give you the story. Last year, got married and, and went to do our little, it was like local honeymoon with family that was in town. And we went out to this beautiful house, like pretty large house, um, not a cheap house out on, on the, this bluff overlooking the Pacific Ocean, the coast of Oregon. And I went there and the way I got my keys, it was after 4 p.m. They weren't there to do the check-in. So they hung them on their the front stoop of their building on a little hook. And they had a video camera that was, I won't name like the brand of it. It wasn't ours, but it was like one that is very much like that's very consumer grade yeah. looking at me coming up and picking up a piece of paper packet with a key ring. What are they going to do if I, anybody shows up and takes it? They've got it on video, but what if I've what if I've got a ball cap on? A hoodie yeah. on? I, was, I was blown away. That, and also that an owner would entrust an operator to give their, their keys out in this, this open environment to a multi-million dollar house. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's like, that was surprising, but I think that's a small percentage. Now it's about getting the technology. Maybe you have deployed, if you've got a, a digital lock um, and, and, and realizing that it goes beyond locks, well, that's a big trend that we're seeing. Yes. That was the, that was the foot in the door. That's where people started. But now you can see, I can automate the energy, uh, the, the HVAC system, when the guests aren't there, why do I need it to be 68 degrees where they had it set while they were out there? It's now it's 100 degrees out on the beach. Yeah. Why does it need to be like that? Or I left a door open and I went to the beach for six hours. We have little uh, sensors that if it, the door's left open, we can cut that AC back down to a more reasonable level or off. Yeah. saving owners costs. So I think people are starting to just become more familiar with it. Early days, it was a, it was a trust thing. It was unfamiliar. Now I think there's enough critical mass that people are like, uh, I kind of got to do this or we talk, get back to bottom line or else I'm not probably running an efficient business or an efficient enough business. Yeah. Um, so that's, it, it's not, I wouldn't say revolutionary. There's some, some future, future stuff I could talk about, but I don't even think that's what it is. Like I'm all about practical solutions. A lot of technology yeah. companies build shiny objects to say, look at this thing. We'll do some cool things. And we have some innovation in the pipeline for sure. Yeah. But we're solving practical problems for, for real world business owners, you know? Yeah. And I, and I totally agree with you a hundred percent that I think the the future is familiarity and being able to ease of use, right. Being able to actually plug into these types of systems and being able to not feel like, holy crap, I have to have an IT degree to be able to actually have a smart home anymore. And and being and that's where where you guys come in. Like, you know, companies like Point Central and you guys being able to do that, make it and we're we're, you know, we trust it now, right? Okay, it's really familiar. We we're there's a level of trust there. It's familiar to us, but now that ease of use is starting to come there where that 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 helps with the implementation for a lot of people and and the adoption of it and now is just gonna skyrocket, I think. 100% ease of use. We say usability inter- internally yeah. a lot, like make it so that you spend less time having to do stuff with it, get the information, the relevant information to the right people when they need it to act on. Uh, awesome. Yeah. The rest of the it. stuff, don't, don't spend your time tinkering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't need no, I don't need to know all the, like you said, the, the Wi-Fi, the Bluetooth, the, the, the cellular, this and that, the other, I don't care. Just, <laughs> I just want to be able to plug in and, and easily use it and implement it. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Nate, this has been a great conversation. I always appreciate when when we can talk to professionals in the industry that are that have you know seen this industry grow up and mature and continue to help uh, you know host operate at a professional level, but also 
really, you know, as, as numbers get tighter and tighter on this in this game, it's always nice to, to add these efficiencies into our business as well. And so I always leave at, at the end of every episode, I always have one question for everybody. And this does not have to be applicable to what we're talking about. But I always say, okay, if we can rewind the clock 10 years, you know, we're, we've got a lot of people that are moving things forward and always running forward. And, you know, there's a lot of lessons we learn along the way. Is there a specific lesson or something you'd like to share to say, okay, if I, if I could go back and give myself some advice, you know, 10 or 15 years ago from what I know now, and it can be, you know, it can be just life advice. Is there anything you'd like to leave the audience with to say, man, if I could go back and tell myself this, I would have done that. I'll be, I'll be honest. I like to, uh, when I do these, I like to listen to, to, to early recordings and I've come across a couple of years before, so I, I can't lie. I prepped. You were good. Awesome. Coming. Love it. Uh, uh, Cause otherwise I give you a terrible answer. Um, I, I will cater to the audience though on this. I think it's just relevant life lessons. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but it's, it's about, it's about real estate. And I think it's about intentionality to me. Um, I do look back to some periods of time where you can always look back and kick yourself for not investing. You, you've said it on one of the recent shows and it's the old adage, the best time to buy real estate's yesterday. Yeah. Next best times today. But I think it goes beyond that to me. Cause that's just too easy to, to say, cool. I, I could have but yeah. go in and just just give it the extra thought and be intentional with it. I think because the reason this is relevant to me is over the last several years, and I think what we're seeing in the market right now of vacation rentals, demand during the pandemic outpaced supply, supply slingshotted to catch up, and now it's outpacing demand. And that's not saying we have arguments different areas. Is the demand falling or is it a relative basis to supply? Whatever it is, there's more supply. And that's putting yeah. pressure on some of these owners who thought they were just going to go make a quick buck or it was the best investment. And they didn't do it. They did it hastily. They didn't do it with that intentionality. I don't even know if some people bought, if they thought they were going to operate it themselves or hire a third-party manager. Yeah. Just take that beat, take the deep breath and be intentional. It's a business plan. Even if it's one unit, it's a business plan. The investment decision and criteria are different if you're going to go do the cleaning, do the maintenance, uh, redo the sheets and do the laundry, or if you're going to hire somebody. And it's not a bad thing at all to hire somebody because yeah. that's what they do. There's economies of scale. So yes. I, it's just that. It's just, just give it that extra little thought. Don't do this hastily, but but get into it. Love it. That's what, and see, I, I'm glad you prepared then, Nate, because that's that's one of the best answers I've had. I love the fact that because you, you hit on it, especially in our world, in the short-term rental world, a lot of people jumped on without a lot of intention, didn't realize they're buying a long-term asset. And they jumped into a game where, you know, if we're, everybody's honest, like I tell people, it's like having a short-term rental the last three years was like having toilet paper during COVID, right? It was, everybody was making money because demand far outpaced supply and and it, it's always going to catch up. And so if you're very intentional about the game you're going to play, you understand how to play the game all in all aspects of the game, not just, okay, I'm going to buy a property and it's just going to ride this wave, right? Yeah. Properties are expensive assets and they're, you know, there's, there, there should be some intention behind understanding what, you know, and, and short-term rentals have pros and cons like everything else. And so you have to understand the whole and the entire game and be intentional about playing it the right way or how you, how at least be intentional about how you want to play the game. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's not like taking a hundred bucks to the casino or buying no. a couple of stocks for a hundred bucks. You're, we're talking hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, and it's long-term commitment. You, you just be intentional. And it, it gets into anything. I'm not even talking about the point central side. A little I bit. totally agree. Technology yeah. purchases or things like that. They, they can get away from you, especially if you're considering just doing it yourself. You don't realize, oh, I might want that. Well, most of the time, a professional manager 
has already made those decisions, done the research, and there yeah. is real value. It's kind of it's kind of funny how many people I do hear like I can do it better myself and cheaper. And you're like, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Those of you that listen to me for a long time, you know that I don't believe that. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think those of that are intentional about it and that's what they want to do and they want to be in the hospitality game, they can do a phenomenal job. Yeah. But I would say 90, 95% of owners are not operators either because there are economies of scale. And if you don't have a plan to scale, you're going yeah. to, you're going to fail. You're going to hit a cap and then, yes. and then your whole plan of I got to get bigger. I need 20 properties to yeah. make this work. Doesn't, doesn't pan out. Doesn't work. Exactly. Well, Nate, this has been an awesome conversation. If people are as excited about uh, I as I am to like go implement this into our properties, where can we where can we find you guys? Where where do you want us to point everybody that are listening yeah. to Point Central? Just go to www.pointcentral.com. On there, you can click around, see the check out some of the product, and there's um, uh, get a get a demo or just contact us there um, and put in your information. It'll get sent to the right uh, appropriate salesperson. Um, also, if you just have questions, natewisk at pointcentral.com. Uh, I'm happy to answer them or, or pass it along to the right person on our side. Awesome. That's awesome. And so we'll point, we'll, we'll put that in the, the show notes, you guys as well. We'll put uh, pointcentral.com and then Nate's email address. If you really want to reach out direct to Nate and have any additional questions, because this is something, like I said, that uh, I'm really excited about. And so those of you that join us, we know how valuable your time is. And we very, very much appreciate you spending it with us. And you guys always know at the end of every episode, I ask two things. And that is if you got any value out of this, to share it, like it. If you have more than 30 seconds, leave us a review. And number two is to go pick one thing that you can do today to start living that life you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit bodicey.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.